You are listening to the Hingework Podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community. Welcome to the Hingework Podcast. My name is Kent Mast. Gabe is still MIA. Um, with us today is Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wasn't sure. No, to- I right. totally understand. Um, Jenny, I met you through my church, mm-hmm. CFC, Community yes. Fellowship Church. Um, so when we first met, we met because I was telling your story. So mm-hmm. it was probably pretty similar to this and that mm-hmm. just sitting down with you. I didn't know you at all, right? I mean, it was just like, yeah, hey, yeah. Pastor this Bobby, yeah, yeah kind of said, hey, have a guy that can video your story. Yeah. And let's do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love your story. Um, mm. I, it's just been so cool also to, to get to know you mm-hmm. and John and Erilyn. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was just so cool, like, to be able to tell that story, your story. Mm, um, thank you. It was so much fun. And then like to realize that you guys are like real people in the <laughs> sense that like, you know, we can show up to church and see you guys there. Mm-hmm. And I know we were having like a rough week or something, or we were having, you know, newborns, I forget what was going on. Mm -hmm. And you were just like, we need Mm -hmm. to pray for these guys. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so encouraging to be prayed for. Mm. Um, Sometimes you don't, I'll be honest, think I'm going to go to church and get prayed for today. Mm -hmm. But like to see that people were like, in motion and actually like, Mm. carrying out what God wanted them to be doing in the moment and being sensitive to that. So I definitely see that in you, like a sensitivity to just like kind of what God is saying or when he's saying it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like praying with people and having people pray for me is almost like a love language. Like there's just like nothing that fuels my soul and kind of propels me forward more than praying. So, yeah, I think that was right before Wilder was born, like just like a week or two. And yeah, it was our privilege and just, yeah, yeah, we love praying with people. So Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, we really appreciated it. Mm -hmm. And I know that, yeah, similar, like when I come across somebody who needs prayer, I can just so easily be like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, and I don't know why I just shrink back from that. Like, Mm -hmm. do you ever wrestle Mm -hmm. with that? Like, yeah, I think... Sometimes I'm not feeling it, but I've been learning more, like, just go for it. Because we always say, like, oh, I'll pray for you. But, like, why not? Just pray for the person right there. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's so meaningful to the other person. And um, the Holy Spirit just shows up in those intimate moments, like, a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think it's just all about being very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If it's not the moment, okay, fine. Then commit to praying for somebody when you get home or whatever. But yeah, I mean, no, I is you. there ever not a good time for yeah. prayer? I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. To be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're so right. That's yeah. great. You sing at CFC. Yes, how, I do. How has um, like singing and your voice, has that always been there? Mm-hmm. How did that kind mm-hmm. of come or when did you recognize that yeah I've been singing since a young age like my mom will tell you she she promises that I came out of the womb singing um (laughs) she said instead of crying like I would just like 
do these like little cat homes, whatever. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely have memories of, you know, when I was little, but still to this day, like I have to get blood work every so often. And like when you're little, that's just like a horrible, horrible um, mm-hmm. experience. So yeah, I have memories of singing the Star Spangled Banner, like as the nurses are <laughs> taking my blood. But yeah, yeah, singing has just been that like comfort thing, like that thing that can bring me peace, especially like just singing songs that are focused on the Lord. Um, yeah, like I love the Psalms in the Bible that yeah. just talk about like my my soul will sing to you like in the midst of trials, in the midst of pain. Like, I feel like, how do I say this? Like, it is okay to kind of just be present in your suffering, in your pain, just sitting in those emotions. Um, But I will tell you from personal experience that the breakthroughs for me have always come when I choose to worship and when I choose to praise instead of dwelling Mm. on the Mm. negative and just like, yeah, I've had so many experiences lately, like in my own living room, like just, I don't, what is it about just proclaiming the name of the Lord? Like the Mm. name of the Lord can abolish strongholds. It can abolish those chains. And I know for me, like, yeah, I let my emotions like get the best in me. But when we turn it around and when we can make praise, like almost like a defense, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it changes things. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, and singing is, I feel like, like it's a gift that the Lord has given me and it's something that I can do well. Mm-hmm. So like when I was younger and just felt confident with singing when I wasn't confident with running or like those physical mm-hmm. things, like it was just kind of something I grabbed hold on and grabbed hold to and the Lord, um, developed that gift and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy it and I'm thankful for the opportunities at church and yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So your story, like, you know, when I kind of first met you, I didn't really know your story. I'd seen Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. you sing at CFC. So I had Mm -hmm. seen you. Um, but yeah, did not have a concept of your background. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so when I sat down to hear your story, I was like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. like there's, there's so much that God kind of Mm -hmm. has had you on a journey and yeah yeah what what is that journey that God has had you on or taken you through yeah so when I was three and a half um I had gone out on an errand with a neighbor and had gotten back to my home in Allentown Pennsylvania um woo Billy Joel it's the same Allentown that Billy Joel wrote a song about um yeah and my parents were waiting for me on the front porch and like any excited three and a half year old, I started running towards them and I ended up tripping on the sidewalk with, which if yeah. anybody knows me, not a surprise, <laughs> I am prone to accidents, but, um, and like that's, that's super common for yeah. a toddler, but yeah. I fell very hard and my knees got swollen 
they stayed swollen for a couple of days. Yeah. And like after a week, my parents were like, this is not normal. Um, so they took me to the doctor and through a series of tests over about six months, um, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Um, which the best way I can describe it is it's arthritis that older people get, except I got it when I was three and a half. It's an autoimmune disease. Um, like with most autoimmune disease, your body is just literally attacking itself. So with rheumatoid arthritis, there's lots of swelling, there's lots of inflammation and just a lot, a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember those early years, the toddler years, the elementary years, just being really painful. Um, getting out of bed was a chore. Walking down the steps with it was a chore. Um, those years were met with a lot of physical therapy, hospital stays. I remember being at um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia when I was in kindergarten Um and then the worst part for me was just all the disgusting medications that I had to be on as a child. Like, yeah. I just did not do well with that. And if I think back on my childhood, like, the pain was pain. Like, pain is pain. Yeah. But just having to endure, like, side effects of medications and um, that was honestly the worst part for me. Yeah. Um, so I have vivid memories of my elementary school teachers carrying me up and down the steps um, yeah. at school because I couldn't move well. Doing steps was painful. Mm. Um, but I will say, like, just attesting to the goodness of the Lord. Like he gave me amazing friends in elementary school to this day. I'm friends with some of those, but like they, my friends in elementary school quickly became like my almost, I don't know. Can I say caretakers or like my protectors? Like, I feel like they were just people and friends that like fought for me, Hmm. never made me feel like I was, um, different from them, even though I had physical limitations. Like I, to this day, have a hard time getting up and down off the floor or up and down off a chair um, in elementary Mm. school. And they would always be right there, like lending a helping hand. And um, man, like, I'm just so, I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah. So the years progressed. Um, The thing with arthritis is your joints your ligaments, but especially your joints, they just start wearing out. Mm. Um, And by the time I was 16, that's exactly what had happened to my hip joints. Um, You're basically rubbing like bone on bone. Mm -hmm. And just saying that makes me cringe. Like you can imagine like just heebie-jeebies to like the nth degree. Um, And so I couldn't walk. Um, life was just getting really difficult, um, in terms of just being able to move and function. And so the option, one of the option, the best option, uh, was to have a double hip replacement, like at the age of 16. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like that's the time of life where you're supposed to be getting your driver's license and, you know, um, 
it was high school. Like I was in 10th grade in high school. So like summertime is just the time where you're going to the beach, like just having great times with friends. And, um, it came to the point where I had to have the double hip replacement four days after my 16th birthday, July 28th, 1998. Mm. Um, and I remember it being just a time in life where, I wasn't mad at God. Like, I don't feel like I've ever struggled with being mad at him. It was just like, it just, life's just, circumstances just seemed a little unfair. Yeah. Um, so that was something I needed to wrestle with. Um, and, and you so, said a little unfair, which is like, <laughs> I like how you're still like, it was just like a, a little unfair. A no, little I, like, unfair. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, in the back totally. of my mind, I knew that this was going to be a good thing in mm. the long run. So which there is, was that aspect. Yeah, yeah. So like how, so, okay. Like when did you sort of begin to internalize like, or, or start to chew on like, okay, well, other kids my age are mm-hmm. doing X, Y, Z, you know, so you kind of find out like three and a half. Yeah. And then, you know, elementary school, you're seeing kids around you and you have great friends and you have mm-hmm. like probably great teachers that are oh, like surrounding yeah. you. But like, For sure. what was it like to see other kids just kind of be able to do the things that you couldn't mm-hmm. do? Or did that not kind of come yet? Was that later? I don't think it came yet. Like I said, like yeah. I was blessed to have those friends that never made me feel, um, like I was different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, do I wish I could run? Yeah. I think it probably in high school, you know, when you have to run that like dreaded mile uh, <laughs> at the yeah, beginning of yeah. the year, it was just one of those things where I just walked the whole time mm-hmm. and it wasn't a big deal. Nobody ever made a big deal about it, yeah. but it's like, man, yeah. Would I love to be able to run? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would I love to be able to like do gymnastics or even like play softball? Mm-hmm. Just those things. So I would say probably not till high school. And then like a pivotal moment for me was um so I had my surgery and then I was down at Temple Children's Hospital for a week in Philadelphia. And then I was transferred up to a rehab hospital in Allentown. And I remember that being a pivotal moment for me because I had just gone from this beautiful new children's hospital where I was surrounded by people my age or Mm -hmm. younger. I think I was actually one of the older patients there. And then I was transferred to this rehab hospital where I was the youngest by like decades. Yeah. <laughs> right. You were saying like, yeah. Like double hip replacement. Yes. And like you normally, when you hear that, you think, Oh, that's like a surgery for like seven, mm. a 70 year old or 80 year old, which it normally is. Totally. And so I remember getting to good shepherd rehabilitation hospital and just laying in my hospital bed and, um, crying like I was just crying and that's just when it hit me like this is not fair Mm -hmm. oh my goodness like I have a a really long recovery ahead of me like this is what my summer looks like Mm. but so it was pivotal in that aspect but it was also pivotal in um the decision that I knew I had like I could either move forward being bitter about this and just totally let um, this condition consume me and just get bitter and 
mm-hmm. just complain about things in life. Or I could look at this and know that the Lord was going to work through this. And that's what I decided. I remember saying, Lord, okay, like, I am going to walk this journey with you holding my hand and my misery is going to become my ministry. And like, that was just Mm. something I said in faith. Um, And, you know, I did have an opportunity to talk about my faith with those residents at the rehab hospital um, because like, it's not normal to see a 16 year old rehabbing because of a double hip replacement. So that Mm -hmm. in of itself opened very natural conversations. Like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Oh, double hip replacement. What? And then that could lead into, yeah, I'm young. I know it's like not normal, but I believe that God is good. He's Mm -hmm. been faithful in my life so far. And I trust that he's going to be faithful moving on. And so, yeah, Yeah. that's what I tell people a lot and just want to encourage people like try to pray about how can you make your misery, Mm -hmm. your ministry. And Mm -hmm. like, it did not come overnight for me. Like, I don't want it to say, seem like, Oh yes. Mm. Like I'm deciding right now that tomorrow (laughs) this misery will be my ministry, but it's not like that. The Lord had to do just more work in me. Um, (laughs) and I wouldn't say until now I'm 35 that I'm just seeing like, many doors open to Mm -hmm. tell my story and to tell about the faithfulness and goodness of the Lord through this, because like my story continues, like it didn't just end with the double hip replacement, even though like that is, that's just like a core memory, like that changed me forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 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 So like, I, I think I'm just getting so impressed and I know at the time too of like the video was just getting so impressed by like the gift of faith that that is like scripture, mm-hmm. forget where, talks about faith being a gift and just like that, that that was just given to you at such like a young age for you to be able to say like even when you were saying um, kind of in that like three to five year range, right? Mm, You're kind of like, yeah. I know this is going to turn out for my mm-hmm. good. Um, the Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, you know that, Romans eight is my favorite yeah. chapter of the Bible. Yeah, God works all things together for the good of those who love Him. Yeah, called in Christ Jesus. So, like, so first of all, just to be like, wow, that's really like crazy to have mm-hmm. that level of faith, and and to be like, wow, this is like a crazy mm-hmm. gift that I've been given too. Like, mm-hmm. how did that? Did that just always kind of feel like that bedrock for you of like this, this will turn out, Mm. um, for my good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I grew up in a Christian home and early on, like my parents, they never gave up like from the very beginning, giving up in the sense of like, they didn't let my diagnosis change them for the worst either. Like Mm. they to this day, are people of prayer. Mm. They are people that surrounded themselves with amazing believers who could lift them up in prayer. Mm -hmm. And they knew that they needed to be my example Mm. for continuing on. So if they gave up, they knew there were chances that I was going to give up. So they just kept powering on. Um, So what did that look like? Like practically 
you know, are, are you having rough days that are coming alongside you? How mm-hmm. are they kind of pouring into you? Because I know there's yeah. a bunch of people listening to this who are like parents or in difficult mm-hmm. seasons or situations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like we've talked about just the power of prayer. Yeah. Um, I will say this, the power of prayer and the power of tough love almost. Mm. Um, my mom, I don't want to say she wasn't easy on me. She used a lot of tough love on me, um, getting me out of bed in the morning. Like mornings were my worst. Like people ask like, what does arthritis feel like? And I will tell Mm. you exactly what it feels like. Like, have you ever seen the movie Encino Man? No. Oh my gosh. I'm like dating myself. (laughs) Okay, so let's just say the best way I can describe it is pretend like you're in the ice age. You've been encapsulated Uh, in a block of ice. I know the reference you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You've been encapsulated in a block of ice for forever, and then finally you just start thawing out. Like that is what I would feel like every morning, just like stiff unable to move it would take the whole morning Mm. for me to quote unquote like thaw out Mm -hmm. that's what it that's what it feels like so (laughs) I can sit here and tell you that I had perfect attendance kindergarten through eighth grade and I owe that most to my mom because she was just my cheerleader she's like I am not gonna let Mm. this disease first of all, define who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to let this debilitate you, um, which it very well could have. Um, so yeah, going back to your question, what does that look practically? Yeah. I think just prayer. And I think surrounding yourself with a good tribe, like, yeah. man, I had so many like wonderful people um, surrounding me growing up and to this day. Like my physical therapist was an amazing family friend and um, goodness, like it was just like a double blessing just that he could help me mm-hmm. um, physically to keep moving. But just like as I got older, just like the spiritual conversations that we had too. So I think prayer and Finding a strong tribe to surround yourself with is yeah. key to pushing through some yeah. of the hard times. Yeah. It's so convicting because I get so worked up when like one of my boys gets a cold. Mm-hmm. Like I can be so like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, wow. To like hear that your parents were like so prayerful and so pushing in and so helping you to succeed and to to move forward mm-hmm. and not, I, I don't know, getting so frustrated to the point, like you said, they were being a model or an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they were. That's so powerful. Yeah. And I feel like, so I came to know the Lord at the age five and I feel like when you have such different circumstances as like a young child, you almost are forced to grow up faster because you're, life is just not normal. Like it's just not, you're dealing with different things than maybe a kid that doesn't have um, a physical condition. And I feel like from a super young age, I knew that I had trusted the Lord with my salvation. Like that is a Mm. life or death 
decision. Mm -hmm. So if I could trust him with a life or death Mm -hmm. decision, Hmm. You better believe that I can like trust him in mm-hmm. the little things in life. So yeah. that was just ingrained in me yeah. at a really young age too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Which like, again, is just so, so crazy and like mind shifting to, to be like the things that we see and the things in this world and this temporary Mm-hmm. breath that we've been given mm-hmm. is kind of more like the little thing, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, like this is a little kind of trial that I have yeah. for right now, but it's not forever. It's not the end story. Mm-hmm. It's not what mm-hmm. God ultimately has. Right. Um, that's so mind shifting. Cause we can get so hung up on like, like if anybody listening is like, you have a debilitating um, autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like a, small thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but for you it's like you have the faith to see it in its proper place yeah and I can speak to a really cool story that has kind of contributed to that almost like peace and I can yeah just hold on to hope um so three I think it's three years ago now um my daughter, Erilyn, who she is another story in and of herself um, <laughs> and just a God thing. Um, her and I had gone out to the outlets here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, and it was like a really cold day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> one of those days where you're like, why do I live here? <laughs> um, but we had just gotten home and yeah. I remember slipping off our shoes, slipping into slippers and I was walking to my kitchen and this feeling like that I had never felt before just came over me. And like, it was so different and so out of the blue that it literally like stopped me in my tracks for a minute I wasn't sure what was going on, but it was like a feeling where I was able to move my joints better than I had in like years. Mm. And so that's what stopped me like dead in my tracks because I was like, what? (laughs) Like I can raise my hands above my head and like, oh my word, like I can like actually like almost like march in place, like bend these knees, lift them up. Mm. And um, it was so out of the ordinary that I remember turning to Erilyn, who was just like playing on the floor. And I said, Erilyn, I don't really know what's going on here, but mommy feels really great at the moment. And then I remember like looking up to um, the heavens and saying, Lord, is this the day you're choosing to heal me? Like, Mm. because it was so drastic. And so, I mean, when you're feeling like you haven't felt in years, I mean, what's the natural thing to do is to just start dancing. So there, Erilyn and I are in the kitchen dancing and just like praising Jesus. Um, and then like, honestly, as quickly as it came, it went, I feel Mm -hmm. like it only lasted for about like 10 minutes. And, um, I was, like I had the range of emotions. Like I was confused. I was happy. I was a little scared. I was like, Mm -hmm. what? Um, and so I, but when like the feeling passed, I wasn't 
I was not angry that it passed that, nope, Mm. this isn't the day I'm going to be healed. It was more of just like, oh my goodness, like, Lord, you just gave me like a little glimpse of what heaven is going to be like for me. Like the book Mm. of Revelation talks about no more pain, no more tears, like everything is going to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is pretty much what that little story right there, that little glimpse of heaven is what I hang my hat on. Like Mm -hmm. it will be what I hang my hat on for the rest of my life. That is my hope. Yeah. Like, that is my hope. And then like, as I was standing there in my kitchen, the passage from Philippians two just came to mind that says like, every knee is going to bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And like right now, like on this day, like I cannot kneel. I cannot bend. My knees are shot. Mm. It is just not something that I do. But Mm -hmm. that verse tells me like on that day when I see Jesus face to face, like I will be Mm. kneeling in front of him. Come on. Like yeah. that's my hope too. Yeah. I love God's word. I love the promises that we find in there. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting how that, that can, uh, mean different things to different people in the right. sense that, you know, I wouldn't read that verse and think I wouldn't focus in on like, Oh, I'll be able to kneel. But for you, you're like, yeah. yes. Like I, yes. I can finally actually do this. Like, you say I will be healed, like it will be finished. It will yes. be able it, to be done. Mm-hmm. It so that's will so cool be. how you can like different pain or different mm-hmm. stories. You can read scripture and be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, and be hit yes. from a totally different place. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just what I love about the Lord too, is that he speaks to different people differently. And like in our, in our household, like my daughter is four and almost four and a half years old now. Like we talk about heaven a lot and it's just kind of like part of our daily conversation because, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously she was there for that special story with me, but, um, I don't know. It's just something that we're anticipating so much. And Mm -hmm. like, it's sometimes funny, like Mm. more often than not, she'll either, you know, ask me if I'm excited to get to heaven, which is amazing. Like for a four and a half year old, like just her, the way her mind works is just mind blowing to me. She'll either ask me about that or like, sometimes she'll ask like, is today the day that Jesus is going to come back on his white horse? And it's so endearing. And like, all I can say is girl, I hope so. Like, I hope so. So, yeah. Gosh, that's awesome. I love that. I'm definitely looking forward to the conversations that Kai or Wilder Mm -hmm. or any future children Mm -hmm. might just stir up. I know, like, so much. um, I've been thinking more and more about father-type words Mm -hmm. of, like, Mm -hmm. God as a father and how I'll just do something that for me feels so tiny or insignificant or something, but it just means the world to Mm them. Yeah. Um, So it's just cool to see like, you know, you give your kids a gift and they like love it and Mm -hmm. embrace you Mm -hmm. and just like how, how cool that is. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so I just love 
the different kind of like applications yeah, yeah. of like to God through our experiences and our yeah 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 I there was like a pivotal moment so my husband's name is John I don't think I've mentioned him yet love him <laughs> yeah. hey sweets yeah. um and about three months into our marriage we were living in South Carolina and about three months into our marriage, I needed to go to a new rheumatologist, which is, um, a doctor that deals with arthritis and he went with me. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't normally, he didn't need to go with me, but for some reason I asked him to go that day. And so we're in the room, the doctor comes in and like within the first five minutes, like the doctor insulted me like three times and yeah. And I'm like trying to hold it together. I feel like the anger rising, the tears rising. Um, like like, how so like, yeah, yeah. I will be super vulnerable. Like it's very hard to talk about, but for the sake of just encouraging somebody and I will do it. So, Okay, so obviously he just wanted to like check out all the joints in my body. And yeah. um, if there is one area of my body that I am super insecure about, it's my feet. Like the disease has just taken its toll. Like mm. it's just a part of my body that I just don't like. And so just the way I was sitting, I think I still had my shoes on at that point. He's like, let's take those shoes off and look at those feet. He's like, those feet look a little funny. Okay. Like he doesn't know me. Like he's just meeting me for the first time. Like, I really don't think that's something that you say to a person with arthritis. Like your feet look a little funny. No, like, Oh my goodness. So I I just kind of like laughed it off like, ha ha ha. And so then like, he's continuing with his physical examination and, um, like, my neck is very stiff. Like I have a hard time moving my neck. And I think he made a comment about that. And then when he was done with the examination, like he looked at John, like who was sitting right there. And he's like, so after you knew that all this was wrong with her, like you still decided to marry her anyway. No. And he's like, and then he used an explicit, expletive, mm-hmm. expletive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go. And like John or I did not know what to do. Like he and I <sighs> just both hate conflict. Yeah. So we're just like, that is one of those things. You're just like, Oh my word. I cannot believe you just said that. Yeah. Um, so the doctor left and, um, I was like, John, like I have to get out of here like now. So we got packed up. We're leaving. Like I am walking out the front door and John's not behind me. And I turn, I'm like, Oh my word. Like, where is he? And he's at the front desk (laughs) and he was asking to go talk to that doctor, like face to face. And like, it was in that moment, you know, like Exodus, um, 14, 14, I think says like the Lord will fight for you. Mm. And like, it was in that moment when John, um, asked to go see the doctor and like literally like fight for me when I could not fight for myself and not mm. like go beat the doctor up, but just like <laughs> yeah. tell him that what he yeah. did was like inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a point in time where like, I felt the Lord's love, like the Lord's love. Mm. Um, he's always fighting for us and mm-hmm. he's, sh- 
through John's actions, like God showed me himself to mm. that. Like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Like yeah. I'm going to stand for what is right. Um, so that was just a pivotal yeah. time in yeah. our marriage too, like early on. Cause I really, I struggled a lot when we first started dating, um, just with, um, self-confidence. Um, I struggled with like not feeling pretty. Um, there was a, a long period of time, like in my twenties where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. Like, I don't mm. know if there is a guy out there that will a find me attractive, B be okay with like marrying somebody that has like arthritis and like it can have mm -hmm. repercussions down the road. I didn't know if I was going to be able to have kids because of some of the medication I was on when I was younger. And so 20s, man, early 20s, mid 20s were just mm. rough years because it seemed like everybody around me, all yeah. my best friends were getting married, mm -hmm. having kids. Mm -hmm. And I desired that so much, like so much. But mm. again, through prayer, like prayer is such a huge part of our story, like so huge. My parents had been praying for a yeah. spouse for me early on. Um, we had a, John and I had a mutual friend, Robin, who, um, she, I think she came to me first, her and I were <laughs> singing on a worship team together. Yeah. And at the time John was working for her mm -hmm. and she said, Hey, like, um, I have this guy that works for me. I think the two of you would hit it off. And she had told him about me. And at that time, he was dating someone. I was kind of seeing somebody. And so, like, it just never turned any, into yeah. anything then. But then she prayed for John and I, like, for two years without us knowing, <laughs> like, two years. And then yeah. the one day in church, she just came up and grabbed me by the shoulders and said, like, I cannot ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit anymore. Like, you and John have yeah. to meet. Yeah. So, I mean, what can you say if it's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> <Yeah>. No <laughs> thanks. No thanks. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So, we yeah. met February. I, we were just reminiscing. It was February 11th, 2010 that we met yeah. for the first time. And, like, the rest is history. And, um, yeah, there's so much, hmm. like, in that, too. Just how, yeah. yeah. I was praying that if the Lord was going to bring a guy into my life, um, yeah. that he would not see my physical difficulties, but would just see Jesus shining through me. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't say that like pridefully, no, totally. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like just praying for the power of the spirit and like the power of Jesus just to shine yeah. through my life. And the day that John and I had like a really in-depth conversation about like the whole arthritis thing. Like, yeah, I remember just <laughs> talking really fast. I was so nervous yeah. because like in my mind, I thought like this is going to be a make or break kind of thing for mm -hmm. us. And I was really scared because um, I really liked him <laughs> and I just wanted him to stay around. And um, really dorky. Um, <laughs> I, it was kind of a sofa like this. I had a sofa kind of like this. Um, yeah. 
I remember we were sitting next to each other on the sofa. I whipped out this huge piece of poster board that I had started like writing my life story on, like doing a storyboard, a story map, because I had dreams of one time just kind of writing it on a biography. So whatever possessed me to whip out this huge piece of poster board, I have no idea. So So I'm just like pointing to my stick finger figures that yeah. I <laughs> drawn on yeah. here. And I remember getting to the end of my little talk and like John just took the poster board and set it down on the floor and he's in his sweet, sweet nature just said, thank you so much for like sharing all this with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's like, you've had a rough life and oh my goodness, like just thank you for sharing this all with me. He's like, but this, does not change the way I feel about you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, honestly, when I look at you, like I don't even see your physical difficulties. Like I see Jesus. And that was the exact mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that I had been praying for. Mm-hmm. And so like that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And mm-hmm. so I knew from that day that he'd be the one. Yeah. And yeah, he was the one. Yeah. So, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I specifically I do love like you said it was geeky, but like I <laughs> I think that the like the the knowing the concept of knowing the story you're in is so cool. Like not everybody's life is the same, not everybody's mm-hmm. anything is the same. So yeah. it's like if you don't know the story that you're in and that God is like doing through you, I guess I'll shift it to the positive. If you know the story you're in, you're going to probably have a sense of like what identity things I might struggle with Mm -hmm. or what Mm -hmm. ways God has really spoken to me. How has God confirmed things? I feel like it just gives you like, again, that foundation, that ability to fall back and kind of just trust that God has your best in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can combat like specific lies or like yeah. specific things and it's not ambiguous it's like concrete yeah um, so i love that just like even in just the concept <laughs> of like being able to like know your story know what god is doing through you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you had said like you know back um about your mi- about your misery being your ministry so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm how has that started to take form or, mm-hmm. or you did see that back in the, um, like the hospital yeah. too, yeah. but how has that kind of continued to develop? Yeah. 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 Um, so Erilyn was born in 2013 and I think it was 2015, like the beginning of 2015. Um, by nature, my, personality is like I just go through these periods of like feeling restless Mm -hmm. um and it's not always a bad thing sometimes it is like the Holy Spirit stirring up something in my soul that he needs me to move forward on Mm -hmm. and so 2015 was one of those instances Mm -hmm. um where I wanted to share my story like I had those dreams of writing my autobiography Mm -hmm. even if for like my own good just to be able to look back on the faithfulness of Mm -hmm. the Lord. But that was like a huge, like an autobiography is a pretty huge undertaking. And I had like a one year old. So I knew that wasn't going to happen, but, um, the Lord gave me this idea to write like a devotional journal for Mm -hmm. people that are suffering physically or emotionally, mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what I did for the year of 
2015. Um, I would work on it while Erilyn was taking her afternoon nap. Um, and so, yeah, it's called, the journal is called Patiently Endure. And those two words were just kind of like my words for 2015. We were studying the book of Revelation at Mm -hmm. church that year. And um, there's a few instances in Revelation where it just talks about Christians patiently enduring um, through the very hard things that Mm -hmm. they were facing. And um, I don't know that I had ever heard those two words together. Mm. And I was like, man... These words are super powerful. Yeah. Um, so my journal, I call it my love letter of encouragement to anyone that is suffering physically. Um, it was important to me to create something that gave people the opportunity to process the emotions, the questions, the fears um, that come along with like a diagnosis. Um, whether it's a fresh diagnosis or mm-hmm. just something that they have been enduring for a long time. Mm. Um, and so in this journal, there's lots of questions like that. Um, what are your fears? Uh, what are questions? Like if God was standing right in front of you, like what would you be asking him mm-hmm. um, about your condition, about your future? Um So that's one aspect of it. And then I love (laughs) the word of God. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't explain, I can't fully um, just tell you how much I love the word of God. Like the truths, God's promises, um, they're so powerful. And they have just spoken to me and comforted me my entire life. And I, if I ever lose this pink Bible that's sitting right here on my lap, like, I will be devastated. I know there's many other Bibles, but like this yeah. pink Bible right here, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and so in the journal that I wrote, there's just some of my favorite stories mm-hmm. um, about when Jesus heals people. Um, and like, I'm super quick to say like in the journal, like these are stories where we do see God's healing, but like for me, for you, for other people, like the healing might not come Mm -hmm. until we get to heaven, but there's, there's, um, things about God's character that we can pull out of these stories. So, so yeah, I self published it in 2016. I still can't believe like it came to fruition, but it was like definitely a time in life where I felt, you mm-hmm. need to do this, like, yeah, it was yeah. Um, definitely led by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of me making my misery into my ministry. And like I tell, I obviously tell my story in there too. And um, yeah, I just feel like within the last like two years, the Lord has opened a lot of opportunities just to speak. Um I spoke to a few like moms groups last year, which I mean, that's a totally other thing too. Just like Mm -hmm. being a mom with a chronic condition, like, and like, that's probably a story for another time, but just like really quick, like when Erilyn was two and a half years old, like that was a time when the enemy like stole from me. He killed my joy and like, Mm -hmm. it was just rough but to see how he has, how the Lord 
has um, just given me that life abundantly back. Like, because mm-hmm. that verse talks about how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and give mm-hmm. it abundantly. And just <laughs> how he turned those, <laughs> oh, dark, dark days of like yeah. the terrible twos yeah. and just how I had to adjust Hmm. How I parented her, like, with my limitations. Like, it was just a really, it was a hard learning experience. But, like, um, so, yeah, opportunities to talk to moms groups and just to women. And, like, I really enjoy it. And it's exciting. Like, Hmm. just, like, how you asked me to talk on this podcast. It's just, like, these kind of opportunities that Mm -hmm. the Lord's opening up. And I'm really thankful um, because I want to be faithful to tell my story, mm-hmm. be faithful to point people to Jesus. Like yeah. one of the ways that we patiently endure is like we fix our eyes on him mm. knowing that like this life is temporary. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus told his disciples, like I am going to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know for me when I fix my eyes on Jesus and fix my eyes specifically on that promise, like it makes all the difference in the world. Like, come on. Like that's exciting. Like that's good news. Yeah. So. That's so good. Yeah. uh, I, I just feel like saying you are definitely like one of the most joyful, like honestly exuberant, just like overflowing people that I know, you you know, and even, um, just like any interaction, you know, like it just always feels like you are sensitive and trying to figure out like, what does God have to say? Or, um, you know, trying to see God's purposes behind different situations, whether for yourself or for other people. I just feel like that's such Mm -hmm. a gift Mm, that you bring, um, and that you're, that you are doing, those things like you are encouraging people like you are using your wounds and things Mm. to be like Mm. no like go back to god go back to (laughs) jesus get get our eyes off of these things that really Mm. can weigh us down or yeah uh, anchor us in things that are not of god but just to keep shifting us back to god back Mm. to god's word back to his promises Mm -hmm. um it it just overflows out of Mm. you um so like you well, are praise doing Jesus. Yeah. Like that is only him because awesome. yeah. And I feel like for me, like my nephew was born. Oh my goodness. He's going to be four this November. And like, you know, sometimes I do did question like, what is the purpose of like this happening in my life? Like, mm. yeah, I don't want to like candy coat everything and like make it seem like I never ever questioned that. Yeah. Yeah. There were times. And so like, I feel like most recently my nephew, um, who will be four in November, he was born with cystic fibrosis, which mm-hmm. is another super devastating, um, disease. Like we don't need to go into it, but it's just Mm. very devastating. And so, um, when he was born and he, when he was diagnosed, like it was like a behold moment for me to like behold the Lord, like, and understand that he is sovereign over all. And like, I'm going to, going to be able to speak so deeply Mm. into Oliver's life. And so, um, 
I don't know. Like, I just know and mm-hmm. I have faith that I will be able to be an encouragement to him because he's going to face some heavy duty, duty stuff like in his mm-hmm. young little life. Um, but it's no mistake. It's no mistake yeah. that um, he's part of our family and that I've I am like 30 years his senior mm-hmm. have gone through a lot of the stuff that he will go through, Mm -hmm. but just, it's just, it was a pivotal moment when the Lord was like, this is one of the purposes that I have for your life is to speak into your nephew's life and Mm -hmm. encourage him on his journey. So it's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a, I just love like (sighs) that calling, Mm -hmm. that sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Do you have any other projects that you're working on now, whether that's like, like, do you do anything like blogging or do you have a place to send people if they're interested in hmm. um, finding your devotional? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have to my, I have a website. It's www.jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, Harkleroad, H-A-R-C-L-E-R-O-D-E.com. I, that's where you can get my journal. I haven't blogged in a really long time. It's something I love (laughs) to do, but man, right now I am just trying to be a great mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Jenny Harkle road, but yeah, any other projects? I don't know. I have, I'm a dreamer. I mm-hmm. got lots of ideas up here yeah. in this head of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, when and if they'll come to fruition, that's yeah. up to the Lord. But yeah. I think in the future, I'd like to write another devotional. Um, I'm excited to just see where your journey and story continues thanks. to go and what opportunities come. And mm-hmm. it's just really cool. I didn't know that you were like asking God for like those specific opportunities when I reached out to you. Right. You just came to mind and I'm like, well, Jenny would be a great fit. So it's yeah. Super cool. That's awesome. Thanks again, Jenny. It's been awesome talking to you. Super encouraging and inspiring and faith building just to hear uh, the story that God is doing through you and just the journey that you're on. And we look forward to seeing where you end up and what engagements speaking or writing or singing or everything Mm -hmm. that kind of come your way. Thank you. You got it. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the hinge work podcast. Hinge work is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster PA. Find out more at www.hingework.com.